apologize for that delay. Thanks for your patience. On occasion, we do have technical difficulties, so I'd like to put the recorder on to play it safe in behind the pulpit here. Psalm 118, which you just sang, verse 1, and we're going to finish singing the second half of Psalm 18 to close our service, verse 29. And that's what I'd like to look together with you today. I will review with you, uh, mostly just I'll mention what is in the middle of the psalm. We'll look at a few verses because there's some significant prophecy about Jesus Christ in the psalm that you're pretty familiar with. Uh, but I'd like to read with you simply verses 1 and 29 as our scripture for our Thanksgiving Day service. Uh, today, Psalm 118, verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. I won't repeat it, because we're going to repeat it at the very end. Look at verse 29. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. May the Lord bless the reading, the preaching, the hearing, the singing, the believing, and the living and responding to his holy word. For he is good. God is good. All the time. And all the time. All right, a little louder. Ready? Get you on the microphone. God is good. All the time. And all the time. Amen. That's kind of what the psalm is doing today. As we look at the first and last verse, it's like having an opening and closing bookend for the whole message, bringing it together. Uh, it's like it's sandwiching the thing together. Verbatim bookends. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good because his mercy endureth forever. Verses 2 through 28 fill out what that is like, and then it closes with the same bookend. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And you know, this psalm reflects what's said in Psalm 131, and that is antiphonal there. The call out, and then the response is, for his mercy endureth forever. Praise the Lord. We praise the Lord from beginning to end of the day, from the opening and closing of our praise. We give thanks to him because he's good, and we give thanks to him because he's good. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. So what does this verse tell us, verses 1 and 29, that open and close the whole psalm exactly the same way? First of all, what are we to do? Give thanks to God. Give thanks. And that's why we're here today in response to our nation's national proclamation to have a Thanksgiving Day. Praise the Lord. We live in a nation that hasn't revoked such a proclamation. What we are to do is give thanks, praise, confess. And the Hebrew yada has the idea of lifting up our hands and ascribing praise and thanksgiving to him. So that's the what. Who is to do this? The church. Look at verses 2 to 4 in particular. Of anybody in this nation, the church ought to be shown up for public worship. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. So who is to be giving the thanksgiving? You, the church, in particular. You're the ones who will be doing it for the right reasons, acknowledging and recognizing his goodness, and you're practicing for what you'll be doing in eternity in heaven. Now, who is you, but to whom is really the main focus? To whom the Lord? Oh, give thanks. Oh, you all the church, you who love and fear the Lord, give thanks unto the Lord. Why? Why should we? 
Well, here's the main thing we're going to look at today at this Thanksgiving Day service in the United States of America in 2023. Here's what we're going to focus on. Many reasons to thank the Lord today. Why? Because he is good. He is so good. Praise the Lord because he's good. The Hebrew could be pleasant. It's just such a pleasant thing to be praising God. The Psalms say that as well. And because his mercy is forever. His mercy is forever to his church. And that word mercy in the Hebrew is chesed. It means his faithful covenant loyalty to his people. He is so good. He is so good to hear and answer our prayers and deliver us to something better when we are in distress. Verses 5 and 21 of the text. He is so good to deliver us in victory from all men who hurt us or betray us. Verses 6 through 13. He is so good that he himself is our strength, our song, and our salvation in the gates of the righteous. Verse 14. God is so good that those who are made right by his righteousness have a voice of rejoicing in salvation. Verses 15 to 16, 19 to 20. He is so good that we shall not die, but we will live to declare his works for eternity. Verse 17. He's so good to discipline us as a good father, yet never forsake us as a good father. Verse 18. He's so good to prophesy all this in the coming of our Savior and King Jesus Christ. Verses 22 to 23. Notice the prophecy of Christ here. The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Verse 22, he is the head cornerstone. That's Matthew, tw uh, Matthew 21, verse 42 is quoting that, among other scriptures. This is of Jesus Christ, the cornerstone of the church. And then uh, verse 23 as well. This is the Lord doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. And then in verse 24 to 26, further prophecy. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. That's in Matthew 21, verse 9. You also see it referenced in Ephesians 2.20, 1 Peter 2.4-7, related also to the cornerstone. But here's what we need to recognize. In Matthew 21, Jesus is on his way into Jerusalem, and the city is almost literally shaking, the Bible says, because Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. And at this point, everybody sees how good he is, all the good things he's done. And they're laying the palm branches down, and they're crying out, Hosanna, blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Verse 25, save now as the Hebrew is related to Hosanna in the translated, literated in the Greek, Hosanna, save us, O God. And Jesus is the saving king. They want to make him king, but he's coming in on a donkey, remember. 
He's bringing peace to those who will have peace with him, goodwill to, with, with men from God. Those who will trust in him will be saved, enter in this, as citizens of his eternal kingdom. And then when he comes back, we will rejoice. It's out of the house of the Lord that we are saved. God has sent his son to save us. He comes back to consummate this kingdom. We say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes as the son of David. So this psalm has in view the coming of the Messiah, and he has come. And you, church, that's especially why you're here every Lord's Day. Let alone be happy to come on another day of the week that wants to praise the true God. Because we're not left even in this nation forever. Because of sin and death and pain and suffering. We are in the kingdom of heaven that when it is consummated at the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ on the white horse... He will save us completely from this world. He will cleanse the world in his righteousness. He will raise up spiritual bodies. We will serve and worship him and live together, together forever in his holiness, in the new heavens and the new earth. And he shall reign forever and ever. So this psalm is praising God ultimately for King Jesus, who will come and restore the earth in his eternal kingdom. How good is it, beloved, to be citizens of that nation? How good it is to be citizens of an eternal kingdom, body and soul. God is good. Opening and closing the psalm with all of that said, all of that said to God's people, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. When God showed his glory to Moses passing by, he proclaimed about himself in Exodus 34, verse 6, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. As you enjoy your abundant meals today, don't forget to just be saying all the time, oh, God is so good. He's so abundantly good to us. Every more so, mm, this is so good. Don't remember to then, don't forget to then say, thank you, God, you're so good. Thanks for letting me eat this turkey. Thanks for letting me eat this pumpkin pie or fill in the fray, whatever's your favorite food or dessert. Thank you, God. It's so good. It's all so good. Thank those who've prepared it for you. Thank God for one another. You get to enjoy it together. It's so good to be in fellowship. But don't forget to thank God. You are so good, beloved. Most people in our nation, sadly, are not thanking God today. All the goodness they enjoy because they're in a place where God's church still is, yet they don't praise the Lord for it. Praise the Lord for his goodness to let you have the blessing of giving him thanksgiving. I recall one man uh, shared with me once before I was a Christian, I never thanked God for anything. I was never thankful or happy looking at creation. When I became a Christian, I became thankful. I became thankful for all the glory I saw in creation. How good is God to let you have his abundant goodness in everything to praise him for it? His abundant goodness. This is reflected in Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 2, verse 1, about God, and the Westminster Larger Catechism, number 6, about God. He is abundant in goodness and truth. Abundant. Think about the abundance of his glory and holiness filling the temple that we saw in Isaiah 6 recently. He's also abundant in his goodness. 
But we're, remember, this is tying in with what we've studied about God recently in a number of sermons. Westminster Shorter Catechism number four. God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his, what do we study today in the catechism? His goodness. Remember, Robert Raymond pointed out to us that the catechism could be summarized, God is glory. He's gloriously all these attributes. But then infinite, eternal, unchangeable is how his, his attributes are different than whatever we might share in some way. He's infinitely good. He's eternally good. He's unchangeably good. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. This is what we're studying today. His unchangeable, eternal, infinite goodness. Raymond explains, God has always been and always be, will be infinitely good. That per uh, perfection of the divine nature, which prompts him to deal bountifully and kindly with all his creatures. It is God's attribute of goodness that underscores his condescension toward his creation, his tender and fatherly character. He's so good to us. He takes such good care of us. There's a lot of that aspect. He is good in and of himself, but we express and respond to that often with how we see that goodness in terms of how he just takes such good care of us. You going home today, you got a lot of food to eat? You're going to be uh, loosening that belt buckle probably if you haven't already? He takes such good care of you. You going to a warm home? You going to be enjoying fellowship together? Herman Hooksom explains God's goodness like this. God is good in the sense that he is benevolent, charitable, filled with loving kindness and tender mercies to those that fear him. He is the overflowing fountain of all good. All blessings flow from him alone. It cannot be separated from his goodness as perfection. Only as the ethically perfect one is God the benevolent one. Because this is true, his goodness reveals itself as wrath and anger, as a consuming fire to those that love iniquity. You can have a view of God's righteousness and holiness. God is good. He is good. He's good that he doesn't turn an eye from sin. And he's good to have given us Christ so he doesn't have to turn his eye of wrath on us for our sins. Hooksima goes on to say this. God is absolute goodness. The implication of all infinite ethical perfections. He is goodness. His essence is virtue. His nature is ethical perfection. He is righteousness, holiness, and truth. Another general term used in scripture to denote God's ethical perfection is the figurative expression light. It stands opposed to darkness. God is light. There is no evil, no imperfection in him whatsoever. Thus, beloved, that is why Jesus is called the light of the world. And this is why in him, you, the church, you become the light of the world. May it be as you offer up your thanksgiving, taking advantage of this proclamation in our nation today, showing God is good, recognizing all the goodness we have is from God. Everything good is from God. Westminster Confession of, uh, Confession of Faith, chapter 2, section 2 says, God hath all life, glory, and goodness. 
blessedness in and of himself. God has all goodness in and of himself. He is so good. He doesn't need us to be here to get it or to tell him he is. He is good. Infinite, eternally, unchangeably so. He is in and of himself all goodness. Herman Bavink explains, according to scripture, we can speak of the goodness of God in himself. God's perfection or perfectness, Matthew 5, 48. We can also speak of God's goodness toward his creatures. All creatures, though in varying degree, are objects of this goodness. His goodness just pours out on us. We see it everywhere and in everything. And even in a sin-scarred world, we yet see his goodness. Bavin goes on to say, both creation and providence are ascribed to God's goodness. The good, this goodness is eternal. It should be the object of the praise of all his creatures, including every citizen of the United States of America, especially the citizens of his kingdom of Christ within it. Bavink says this, among the ethical attributes, first place should be assigned to God's goodness. He's saying, you know, when we think about his moral, ethical attributes, we should just especially think to first say, you are so good. Thank God all the time. He's just so good, and he's so good to you. He goes on to say this, That which is good in the ethical sense is good in and by itself, regardless of advantages or disadvantages. It has absolute value. So in Mark 10, 18, Luke 18, 19, Matthew 19, 17, we see that someone comes to Jesus and says, You are good, good master. And Jesus says, Why do you call me good? Why do you call me good? He says, no one is good, save one. God alone is good. And there, what is he recognizing? We're all sinful. The scriptures say none of us is good, not one. God shows his goodness everywhere and through everyone. But no one is good but God. Jesus Christ alone is good. That's why this psalm praises him in his coming. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed he who come in the name of the Lord. The, the cornerstone of the church in the eternal kingdom of God. God alone is good. Christ is God. And he is good. He's a good king. Beloved, he's a good king. He's a perfectly good king. How blessed are you to know him as your king, to serve him forever in his eternal kingdom that is so good because he is so good. He is not at all darkness. He is complete light. What a glorious king to serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a good God and savior we serve in for eternity. Bavink goes on to say this, but that which is good in itself is also good for others. And as the perfect and blessed one, God is the highest good for his creatures, the supreme good. That's one thing to think of. He's the supreme good. He points out how Augustine, St. Augustine often refers to God as the supreme good. He's the supreme good, which all strive to obtain, the source of all blessings, the good of every good. God's the good of every good, the one necessary and all sufficient good, the goal of all blessings. He alone is the good which is to be enjoyed. He goes on to say this, as the supreme good God is also the source of all virtues, there is not any good in any creature except it be in and from God. 
He is the efficient, exemplary, and final cause of every good, no matter how it may vary in different creatures. All natural, moral, and spiritual good has its source in him. Again and again, all creatures are summoned to praise God's goodness. And praise the Lord, we've been summoned by our nation today to praise God and thank him for his goodness to us. For as James 1.17, a scripture we had recently looking how glorious God is in being unchangeable all these things. As the Father of heavenly lights, every good gift, every good gift, every good gift, including try to remember, I try to remember this, you're driving around, getting ready for your big meal this week. Oh, there's tons of traffic. Oh, a parking lot spot opened. Do you say thank you, God? You should. How much do you curse and complain when it isn't there? Even that parking spot. Thank you, Lord. You're good. Thanks for giving me this parking spot. Thank you. I have legs to get up and walk to the store and come back. Thank you. I have a car to drive home with all this good food in it. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So, beloved, with all that said about God and his goodness, feast, feast on these words of thanksgiving this day. Open up your mouths and he will fill you. Loosen your belt buckles, as it were, with your heart and let it all come in and come out of you and giving him thanks. Isaiah 63, verse 7. I'm going to give you a lot. You ready? You ready to taste and see God is good? All right, get ready. You're going to have a meal here. Isaiah 63, 7. I will mention the loving kindnesses of the Lord and the praise of the Lord according to all that the Lord hath bestowed on us and the great Goodness, I love that. The great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he hath bestowed on them according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindnesses. All right, you're just getting some hors d'oeuvres right now. Appetizers, you ready? Jeremiah 33, 11. <laughs> to speak of appetizers coming from the major prophets. Jeremiah 33, 11. The voice of joy. Our psalm speaks about we have a voice of rejoicing and salvation because of our good God sending us the blessed Messiah, who is the cornerstone of the church. Hosanna to the son of David. The voice of joy and the voice of gladness. You know, there's a lot of people out there today. They're going to be eating and they're going to be like those Israel in the Old Testament. They're not going to be joyful. I saw uh, someone say recently, a celebrity say, yeah, well, the history of our, our home is when we get together for Thanksgiving, all we do is fight. We have the blessing of rejoicing, being a thankful people in the Lord. The voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. The voice of them that shall say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord, for I will cause to return the captivity of the land as at the first, saith the Lord. The sacrifice of praise. That's how the scriptures speak about it, such as Psalm 116. I'm going to offer up the sacrifice of thanksgiving. You have sacrificed your morning to come and give thanks to God. I think we can especially expect in God, the way God will do it to pour out his blessings upon you. 
Nahum 1 verse 7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. First Chronicles 1634, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Psalm 25, verse 8. By the way, I'm going to give you a lot of psalms now. Those are some appetizers, warming up the appetite. Open it up, loosen that belt more. we got more to make your heart full of praise and thanksgiving. Notice the psalms that God wrote for us to sing to him in praise are constantly saying praise or that is give thanksgiving and they often highlight because he's good. That's all you need to praise the Lord because he's good. Psalm 25 verse 8, good and upright is the Lord, therefore will he teach sinners in the way. Psalm 34, 8. You ready for this, Mr. and Mrs. Lemon? The theme verse of their wedding. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Actually relates to the verse, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. The same, ver the same psalm has that verse there. Taste and see the Lord is good. Psalm 84, verse 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walketh uprightly. He gives good because he is good. Psalm 85, 12, yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. That's a good verse to have in view today. Psalm 100, verse 5, for the Lord is good. It calls upon us to come into his courts with thanksgiving, Psalm 100. Why? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Psalm 106, 1, praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. All right, now here's some dessert. Psalm 109, verse 21. But do thou for me, O God, the Lord, for thy name's sake, because thy mercy is good. Deliver thou me. Psalm 119, verse 68, thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. Thou art good and you do good. I thank you that you are my God. And I've tasted of you and seen that you are good. I will come and magnify you together. Psalm 135, verse 3, praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name, for it is pleasant. Psalm 145, verse 7. Now remember, these are psalms that we're singing morning and evening worship right now to open our worship time. Psalm 145, 7. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness. And shall sing of thy righteousness. Verse 9 of Psalm 145. The Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are over all his works. Further, don't forget, beloved. The holidays can be a difficult time through difficult providences. But don't forget, you can come with thanksgiving. 
in a special way as citizens of the kingdom of Christ, while also thankful to be such in the nation of this world. Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You have that view, especially with the resurrection and the life to come. Beloved, as we think about the great supper of the lamb and his goodness to us, that everything he's doing is for our good, a recipe ultimately in his providence. And we're going to be eating at the great supper of the lamb forever. And we're going to be in this world where all, all the world will have its nutrients. You know, uh, we were looking, um, you know, Fernanda is, is pregnant, as you know, and pregnant ladies, you know, often have trouble with their hair. Um, you know, it can get thin and can be losing it. And we looked at silica, by the way, this, we learned from a, from a nurse once it's, we weren't there for this, but silica is amazing for your hair to grow. When she took it before, it, it was like, wow, just really thickened out more than when I first married her, let alone uh, restoring from pregnancy. So we got some last night and I read and I looked at it and I said, see here, it's a natural minister, minister, it is physically mineral. It says so much of silica has been lost from our grains. You see, so much of our food today doesn't produce what it used to. We've we've raped the land so often. We don't have the same nutrients. I've heard many people say a tomato today is not a tomato from the 1950s. But think about this, beloved in heaven. What is the food going to be like? When it's not stripped of all that God has put in it from creation, when it, when it is to its fullness and beyond in Christ and his, in his fullness. Think about what, it, I mean, I don't like tomatoes. I'm probably going to love them in heaven. You know, I mean, my ability to enjoy them, but how good they'll be, you know, and we'll have moderation and we won't get heavy from it. But think about the bounty of the meal at the great supper of the lamb. I mean, think about it, not just spiritually, not just literally in his presence, but what is it going to taste like? And no fear of ever running out. No worry of how we're going to pay for groceries this month. And he's using everything for your good to get you there. He's so good. Have this song be a theme during your week. I love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. There it is again. The book ends. The beginning of the psalm, the close of the psalm, all of the day I will get up and I'll go to bed and I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. The book ends from the opening of your life until it's closed, from cradle to the grave. I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Is that not ultimately the point of this psalm today with the opening and the close? I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. In the darkest night, you are closer like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God from beginning to end. And all my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. 
with every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Especially we, the citizens of the kingdom of heaven, who have the benefit of being citizens in this, these United States yet still. Calling for us to get together and thank him today for his goodness to us in all of our history as a people. Because your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me with my life laid down. I'm surrendered now, I give you everything. Because your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. That's for you, Debbie Raglan, watching. She's going to ask me if, why I didn't sing if I didn't. But I also sing it for you and for me. I can't get that song out of my head. I don't want to. I find myself, every day I'm waking up, it just comes out. All my life you have been faithful. I will sing of the goodness of God. That's the way to live, beloved. How good God is to let us be thankful for his goodness and to just praise about his goodness when we wake up and when we go to bed. And that'd be our theme throughout the day. As you go home, I pray before you get there while you're driving, you can't get it out of your head. All my life you have been faithful. I just can't. And turn to one another. I will sing of the goodness of God. Sorry, I changed there the tune, I think. I will sing of the goodness of God. Everybody, it's all the time. I will sing. When you sit down today at your meal, we're going to do it in my house. Help me remember, kids. I will sing of the goodness of God when you give thanks for your meal. Lord, we give thanks for your abundant goodness to us as we see it represented in this bounty before us on our table that we don't deserve. We should go hungry and we have everything. Thank you for giving us this day our daily bread. Thank you for giving us more than a competent portion of the good things in this life. And thank you, Lord, for letting us enjoy your blessing in and with it. And then when you're done eating, remember Matthew Henry in his book on prayer wrote a prayer to thank God before the meal. But he also wrote a prayer to thank God after the meal. Oh, that was good. I want to go take a nap. Oh, that was thank you, God. You are so good. You are so good. Or just simply declare to one another for the rest of the day, before and after you enjoy your bountiful meal together, when you greet one another at your home, when you say goodbye, I'll see you on the Lord's day, just say this if nothing else. God is good. And all the time. All right, I caught you sleepy. I know you just had a big meal. Let me wake you up. Let's get it loud and proud in the Lord. God is good. All the time. And all the time. And if you can't say that out laid together, have mercy on your soul.
If you can't say that out loud right now together, have mercy. God is good. And all the time. God is good. At least let the church now say. Let God's ministers now say. Let those who fear the Lord now say. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. And it's said so many times in the psalm, and especially in Psalm 136, expecting an antiphonal response, expecting God's people will now say, all the different people are called upon. Everybody now say God is good. Instead, beloved, as you go home, rather indeed, beloved, as you go home to enjoy your Thanksgiving Day meals, remember to thank God for being gloriously good. And that is the message for you this morning on this Thanksgiving Day, responding as the citizens of God's kingdom in Christ, as citizens of the kingdom of the United States, and its proclamation to give thanks to the almighty most high God for his good provisions for us, letting us continue to exist and prosper another year. I pray we'll be back together next year and that Gaius will be here with us on this side of the womb as Juliana was last year in the womb this year with us outside the womb. And she can't help when you start to hear people praising God, she starts bouncing out of the mouth. She starts singing a lot, too. I, don't, I mean, it's out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants. Thou hast ordained strength, but it's praise. Thank God. Let Just respond like a child. Such is the kingdom of heaven. Thank God. Thank God for his goodness. Don't be too proud to give thanks to God out of your mouths, out of your hearts. You who confess him before men, he will confess you before his Father in heaven. How good is he? Thank God for being gloriously good. How wicked is the world? How changing is the world? How much it takes away and sucks away of our needs and of our life. In contrast, thank God for being gloriously good. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we do give thanks and praise to you for you are good and your mercy, your covenant, faithfulness and loyalty to your people lasts forever so we can give praise and thankfulness to you for good because we know we will always enjoy your goodness even bad things now but only all things that are ultimately good in their experience in heaven forever and we do thank you for this nation that affords us the freedom and the official calling to gather and proclaim your goodness as a people, as we the people, and especially as we the people of God in Christ, in whose name we pray. And we pray his blessing upon our food and fellowship now as we eat or drink whatsoever we do. Let it all be to the glory of God, praising you for your goodness. In Jesus' name and all your people said, Amen. Beloved, before we are dismissed, singing one more psalm and receiving the benediction, I do follow the order and suggestions of the Public Directory of Worship with the Westminster Standards. As they uh, encourage the minister to close, saying this to the people.
I solemnly admonish you to beware of all excess and riot, tending to gluttony or drunkenness, and to take care that your mirth and rejoicing be not carnal, but spiritual, which may make God's praise to be glorious and yourselves humble and sober, and that both your feeding and rejoicing may render you more cheerful and enlarged, further to celebrate his praise in the midst of the congregation when you return unto it on the coming Lord's Day. Beloved, would you open your psalm to Psalter to Psalm 118, page 262, the second part of the psalm. This is the part where much of the prophecy is in here. Save us now, O God, which is literally uh, related to the Greek transliteration, transliteration, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us, O God. Blessed he who's come in the name of the Lord. This is what they sang about Jesus in, uh, uh, when he came into the temple. And so may we sing it as we are the temple of God and we are looking forward to his second coming to restore his church to make it one nation under God, his kingdom will reign forever and ever. And we will enjoy the goodness and abundance of God in a way you can't even imagine. How good it is to be reminded of it and praise him for it. Please stand. And as you'll see, again, the psalm will close as it opened. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Because he is good, his mercy endureth forever. We're here to thank God today, especially because he is good and he's good to us. Da 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 da. This is the day God made in it. Will joy triumphantly save now? I praise thee, Lord. I praise. Said now. Upon his church especially, he is so good that he gives you a blessing as he sends you out in the benediction. Receive the thrice blessing of God's goodness upon you from the thrice holy and good God. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen. You are dismissed. Happy Thanksgiving. God is good. Happy Thanksgiving.
and all the time. Don't forget, on your way there, on your way to dinner, on your way when you're done, on your way to bed tonight. Amen? All right, I'll let you go. Go 